Hey, welcome to Temple of Geeks Who Review, a Doctor Who inspired podcast for fans of the long running British science fiction television show. I'm your host, Nate, aka Doc in the Box. And I'm your other host, Elizabeth, aka Lady of Time Cosplay. <laughs> We're massive Doctor Who fans, and we're here to talk about basically all things Doctor Who. Throughout our series, we've been discussing the latest episodes, the classic series, spin-offs, and everything and everywhere in between. We also hope to bring you interviews with people who have worked in and around the show, behind-the-scenes information, and all sorts of other Doctor Who-related fun. So whether you're with us for a long time, whether you've been here, or just getting started, I hope you uh, enjoy us for the ride. And today, after we get through the news, we're going to be talking about Gallifrey One, because that's coming up in just, oh, what does their website say? I have that up. 18 days. That's in February. Yeah. Eight, oh, the countdown. Yeah. 18 days. Yeah. 18 days. Oh, boy. I need to finish my cosplays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's basically what everyone's feeling right now. There's always the, yeah. the con crunch for Gallifrey One. Whether right. it's a, I need to finish this cosplay or I need to order this thing for this cosplay or where the hell is my cosplay yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with uh, Doctor Who news. Doctor Who season 15 starring Tom Baker as a doctor and uh, Louise Jameson as Leela of the Sava team is the next to be remastered and released as part of the collection on Blu-ray. Announced with the special trailer featuring a look at Leela on Gallifrey in the final days of the Time War. Uh, this set will release later this year. Uh, included will be all episodes from the season, as well as many hours of special features, such as new episode audio commentaries from Tom Baker. Doctor Who, the collection season 15 will be is available for pre-order now. Uh, it doesn't look like there's an actual release date as of yet. No, usually they they don't quite have release dates, but that like little trailer made me so happy. <laughs> I've actually never watched an episode with Leela, but she's one of my favorite characters because she is a major character in the uh, Gallifrey audio series, and a lot and a lot of that is to do with her being on Gallifrey because kind of her exit from the show was she stayed behind on Gallifrey because she fell in love with the Time Lord who I can't, I know he dies at some point in the Gallifrey series, but I feel like, like he was die drunk. dies or, yeah. or dies. No, he, I, I can't remember. Cause it was like in the, one of the early, earlier uh, seasons of the, of the audio series. I can't remember exactly what happened. Cause I've only listened to the early ones like once, but mm. yeah, he was, he turned out to not be great, but Leela's really cool. Mm. And she winds up being friends with Romana and, and then Romana gets banished to the core of the planet. And then Leela winds up having to fight for Rasslon. And it's, I got to catch up this, on Gallifrey. This Blu-ray might, and I know this is going a little more grim. Speaking of uh, Time Lord's passing, uh, I don't know how much time we have left with Tom Baker. Yeah. And I don't know if this might be one of the last recordings that, or things that he does for us uh, before he departs. Yeah. It's a sad thing to think about. I but, know. Yeah. Big Finish has apparently recorded like a ton with him. So they've got like, oh. years and years lined up with him. But yeah, it's it's sad to think about. But yeah, he's just turned 90 the other week, right? So man. He's definitely getting up there. Uh, yeah. I think the um on this topic, uh the only reason or excuse I think I would uh allow for any type of ai generated content would be as if he recorded his voice and was able to live on through audios yeah <laughs> yeah if, if he consents to it yeah kind of like how james Earl jones did with darth vader 
Yeah, that would be nice. I know, because like one of my things, and this is like also slightly tangent, is I'm like, okay, whatever the plan for the Ahsoka series is, if they're gonna have the Bendu in it, they need to get Tom Baker to record that like now. <laughs> because I love them. And then it'd be really funny if the Bendu and Professor Huang shared a scene, because then you'd have two doctors in Star Wars. <laughs> that would be good. That Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's the Bendu, the kind of the one in between the dark and the light in Star Wars Rebels. And then, of course, the attendant is Professor Huang, which he won his, fun fact, he won his first Emmy for being Professor Huang, and he won his second Emmy for playing a real-life serial killer. Yay! <laughs> the, uh, Polar opposites! Yeah, the, the, the many faces of, of David Tennant, I guess. All right, so in a roundup of thus far announced and confirmed cast members for Shudy Gatwa's first season as the Doctor, Doctor Who has confirmed that the return of a few characters seen in the church on Ruby Road. Ruby's family, Carla and Cherry Sunday, played by Michelle Greenmidge and Angela Winter, respectively, will return in the main season. The mysterious Mrs. Flood, played by Anita Dobson, who has sparked many a fan theory, will also return. As previously announced, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, Gemma Redgrave, Rose Noble, Yasmin Finney, and Melanie Bush, Bonnie Langford will all return as well. All of these will be joined by new cast members Jinx Monsoon, Jonathan Groff, Vera Brahma, Lenny Rush, and, and Uren Barnard. It's a lot of great people going to be in this season of Doctor Who. I'm very, very excited. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to fit them all in. But granted, he's he's worked a lot of people into a lot of things before, so I'm sure it'll work out. Uh, so in other news, uh, there's apparently a new companion for Shirigatwa in the second season. First reported by the Daily Mail and confirmed by Variety, it looks like Millie Gibson, her Ruby Sunday companion, will follow suit with Donna, Martha, and other companions in the Russell T. Davis era, uh, having only one season. Millie has been previously seen on the set for some scenes for season two, or at least so we believe. So it doesn't look like Ruby will be lost entirely. Variety also confirmed that I might mispronounce this name. Uh, Varada Sethu will take over the companion role in the next season. Uh, the actress is known for her roles in Jurassic World Domination. She was a member of the Luthen Rails Rebel Network in the Star Wars series in Andor. And that said, none of this has been directly confirmed by the BBC. They haven't let out a press release. Uh, we haven't gotten anything like that. Uh, they haven't posted on their socials. Uh, Doctor Who's co-production company, Bad Wolf, hasn't said anything or anyone directly... Uh, involved in making the show has not said anything yeah so who knows maybe maybe ruby sunday does continue and she just regenerated we'll see yeah i, I guess um <laughs> varda has been seen filming but you know we won't go into specifics because i always like struggle with if i want to see onset stuff or not because like i don't want spoilers but also it's like i like to see the costumes <laughs> Well, the one picture I did see that is supposedly from the set with the new companion, I didn't even know was Doctor Who because uh, the Doctor uh, and the companion were both wearing very period-dated attire, Yeah, which was specifically the Doctor didn't look like the Doctor's flair because the Doctor either always, either, the Doctor either never changes his clothes because he's got one specific staple set of clothes, usually. Usually. <laughs> that Disney money is put in clutch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Disney money because usually you'll have like a staple outfit because you have a character that's a staple for something. So you want them to be recognized 
regardless of what they're in and the outfits that they're in. I thought it might've been from like some other movie because they were very, very well done, very period dated, but they were both very period dated. Even though we've seen shooty in a number of other outfits before this one looked more commoner. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. I know what you're you're saying. Yeah. 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 I know the worst, uh, Doctor Who set leak that I think ever happened though was the fact that when they were filming Peter Capaldi's first episode and there's the scene at the end where the 11th Doctor calls Clara when they were filming that you would think okay they can play that just on the phone for for Jenna no they had it playing on loudspeakers so everybody who's there watching the filming knew that 11 called Clara at the end of that episode which I, I forgot about until I saw that scene in the thing. I was like, oh my gosh, but I, oh man. <laughs> well, that specifically is one of the reasons why I've um, discounted almost any Doctor Who news that's been posted, uh, whether it's Daily Mail. Um, what's the other one? There's one, ra- even Radio Times. Yeah. I, I, I won't listen to anything until it actually comes out or it's said by either the BBC or someone of authority was because back during that run, before Capaldi even started, they were saying that Matt Smith has signed on for Series series 8, and there is speculation that he's going to return as a doctor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he did. He was in Series 8 as a phone call for like 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Yeah, so they probably it, even recorded that at the same time that they recorded his like last episode. It's not like he had to come back. Most it. likely, yeah. <laughs> so some more news moving on. The Fugitive Doctor, as played by Joe Martin and first seen in The Fugitive of the Jadoon, is finally getting her own action figure set. Available online only from character options. The set includes the Doctor, the TARDIS, and her blaster from The Division. Character Options creative director Al Dewar said that this figure set has been under wraps for over a year and a half, so it's great to finally see this doctor get her action figure alongside all of the other regenerations. And now if we could just get some news, because she's apparently, her and Sasha Dwan's master also have big finish stuff coming out, but they like announced it and there's been nothing since. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad they gave her her gun. That yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's still, she's badass. <laughs> As excited as I am that they're going to be able to do stuff with Big Finish with the Fugitive Doctor, I would love like a mini series like on TV with her too because she's so cool. <laughs> I wouldn't have even even though there was the whole debate of like, oh, she's a pre Hartnell Doctor or blah blah blah. Like, if it would have been written to where maybe everything was timey wimey and relative and who knows what, I wouldn't have been upset if she was our our next Doctor. Like, yeah. um. No, no offense to Tenet or Shooty, obviously, but if she was the next Doctor after uh, Jody, I would have been totally cool with that. I don't know what it was, but the second that like she stepped out, I was like, "Damn, yeah, I like this Doctor." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you know, if maybe the rule with like the branch Doctor of like David Tennant again, maybe like if that doctor can only revisit previous faces, maybe Joe Martin can sneak in there somewhere too. I mean, the <laughs> the only face they're going to visit is the sixth doctor when they put him on trial because he's the Valyard, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's he my was... hope still. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so going on to the next thing, uh, The Church on Ruby Road will be available on Blu-ray Blu and uh, the novelization. Shooty got was first solo story as a doctor and introduction of the new companion Ruby Sunday has arrived as a book as of January 25th. That is three days from our recording. That was three days ago. And uh, will be released on DVD and Blu-ray this February. They still make DVDs? Okay. The Church on Ruby Road novelization by Jakimi Pearson is out now. Physical copies are available in the UK, though they have been and once again delayed in the US with major retailers not showing the release at, until April of this year. The book is available digitally, so you can still download it now. The episode will be released on its own on DVD and Blu-ray February 12th. Uh, no special features seem to be included in the discs as of now, but is available for pre-order. Yeah. I, I do have to uh, put out there that, and forgive me if I say this uh, name wrong, but Ismi, the person who made the, did the novelization, is a huge fan herself. And I am so glad that someone like her was able to get their hands on producing something and being part of like, it's just, it's, it's great to see everything yeah. come around to like the people who love what they're, they're working on. Yeah. I believe she's going to be at Galley this year too. So that's fun. Oh, that'd be cool. As a guest or just in general? As a guest. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'd love to get around the podcast sometimes. She's, I think it'd be really cool. No, if I could. My hope is that somebody in the dealer's room at Galley will have not only the Church on Ruby Road book, but also all three of the novelizations for the 60th anniversary specials because. I, I don't I don't know why there's such an issue with getting the physical copies of the books in the States on the same day as or at least like within a week or two in the US like I, it really really irritates me I'm not gonna lie. yeah you know that I used to have a site that I could order books from from the UK and they'd ship from the UK to here but then Amazon bought them and shut them down <laughs> so hopefully somebody at, at, at the dealer's room has them because I, I would hope so them. and i prefer physical copies of books if i'm gonna buy yeah, now i'm now i'm thinking of the logistics and the price of bringing stuff over from the uk because obviously books are not um a lightweight item right so i wonder how that works out for them i mean i get that you know there might be some delays but like to be like something that was supposed to come out in you know, mid January, not coming out till April, and sometimes they get delayed even further. I don't understand. Whatever. I'm not sure. Like the comics come. I mean, comics are a lot smaller and lighter, but like the comics come out on the same day. So whatever. All right. So we got a whole lot of stuff from Big Finish came out this month. Um, Big Finish, I love you. You should thank me for writing all this and talking about this. Um, so Big Take Finish had a really really busy month with new releases. First up is Doctor Who, the audio novels, The Chaos Cascade by Colin Brake, narrated by Dan Starkey, Beth Commerce, and Rebecca Root. This story features the 12th Doctor and Missy with Tanya Bell, a former companion of the 8th Doctor. Big Finish's audio novels are feature-length audiobooks with music and sound effects made especially for these stories. The Chaos Cascade is the last in the first series of the audio novels. And then, marking the 50th anniversary of the Santarans' first appearance in the show, 
is Doctor Who Santarans vs. Rutans, The Battle of Giants Causeway by Lizzie Hopley. This first installment in the four-part monthly series of Santarans vs. Rutans features the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, Charlie, Idina Fisher, and Chris Con Conrad Westmas in Ireland in 55 BC, and Santarans that believe themselves to be Roman legionnaires. For future installments in the series will feature the third, Tim Trollor, sixth, Colin Baker, and the war, Jonathan Cartley, Doctors. So, uh, also big finish, their ongoing Torchwood audio adventures continue with Pop It by Lauren Mooney and Stuart Pringle, featuring Reese Williams, or Kai Owen. A child goes missing in a small Welsh town. As Reese grows closer to the traumatized Catherine and her husband, he discovers that something is badly wrong in their remote cottage. There are scratches in the plaster, little wooden figures hidden in the walls, and next door neighbor Mr. Collins isn't what he seems. Will you join them at the Festival of Darkness? Uh, I, I haven't listened. I, the only Torchwood thing that I've listened to them was when they finally got Freema back, and the, her first thing was a Torchwood audio and they are very creepy <laughs> like yeah well it's definitely torchwood has always been geared more towards the uh the thriller adult side yes yeah like even like the torchwood ones are the only ones that i've ever had they they have like a little di like audio disclaimer at the, st at the start like this is not for children this is for adults <laughs> they're swearing yeah. and adult not that i was like oh fun all right <laughs> all right and then the last release as of us recording this and also if, like as we're recording this there's only a few days left in january but you know whatever um doctor who the first doctor adventures fugitive of the daleks by jonathan morris is also out now starring stephen noonan as the doctor maureen o'brien as vicky sometime after she last traveled with the doctor the six-part story also naturally features nicholas briggs as the daleks years after ending her travels with the doctor vicky finds herself back in the tardis the doctor desperately needs her help and she's only too happy to oblige but in the process, the two of them fall into a series of perilous encounters with the dreaded Daleks never far behind them. What is the mysterious presence inside the TARDIS? And precisely what damage do the Daleks and their agents intend to cause the, to the flow of Earth's history? The Doctor and Vicky must call upon all their guile and bravery to discover the truth and save the day. So yeah, a lot from so, big finish. And I'm sure yeah. they're going to have a lot out at the start of february because they like to because big finish is usually at galley they usually like to have as many stuff out before galley happens as possible so they can bring the physical copies for people to buy so that'll be fun so welcome to our gallifrey one special yay where we talk about gallifrey one if you're not familiar yeah. with it it's a yearly doctor who convention that happens in uh, los angeles california at the marriott los angeles airport hotel uh it runs for what's it four days 16 17 16 17 18 technically four days like a couple hours <laughs> officially three days yeah. this year the 16th 17th and 18th of february but the 15th the thursday is always the basically like the ice cream party. social yes. the the like uh for if, if, if you've ever been to San Diego comic-con it's kind of like the um preview day it's more yeah. like everyone just getting together and picking up their badges and hanging out the day before, which is getting one of the better days. Karaoke usually, but I'm never like the jet lag. The first couple of days is always like insane. So. Yeah. <laughs> People come here from around the world, wherever they might be. It's the it's not the only Doctor Who convention, but is the still the uh, biggest Doctor Who convention 
uh, that goes on every year. Yeah. This year, one of their headliners, Sir Derek, uh, Derek Jacoby is one of the main headliners. We're also going to have Billy Piper and Alex Kingston there on top of a number of classic companions. Rachel Talalay. I, I don't think I said that name right. I always feel like I say too many syllables. Uh, she'll be there. Ray Holman, who was the amazing costumer for uh, he's one of one of the one of my favorite ones. No offense to anyone else. But he he did like 12's run and a lot of 11. So he has some a lot of my favorite stuff. Yeah. And then a number of people from Big Finish. And I don't know, who is there anyone you're excited for I mean, currently? It's always Fraser Hines comes every single year. And again, I haven't seen a lot of the older series. But like I, I always try to go to whatever big panel they have with the classic companions because they are all so funny. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there's a ton. Matthew Waterhouse, who plays Adric, is going to be here this year. Fraser Hines, Jamie Crimmon, uh, Rose Tyler's mom and dad. So Camille Kadori and why can't I remember his name? Sean Dingwall are both coming this year. Uh, Jacqueline King, who plays Sylvia Noble, is coming this year. Uh, Ray Holman, like you said, Kevin McNally, which is fun because um, he was a small part. Well, not a small part. He, he was in... Uh, the Flux series with 13, and he's also been in Big Finish, and of course, a lot of people know him from Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, my biggest thing <laughs> was uh, the the year that Flux came out was also the year that a audio series from Big Finish called Dalek Universe came out. And so I was basically like, oh, if I had a nickel for every time Kevin McNally died in a Doctor Who story this year, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> it's like legit. <laughs> Brian Herring, who is a puppetry person um, for Meep in the 60th anniversary, among other things. Oh, the, the lady who played, I didn't realize that the lady who played uh, Blonde Fell Fought, Casper de Sylvie, was coming. I think she's been before and she's really fun. Uh, where? Which one? Uh, Annette Bla Badland played, you know, Margaret. Oh, Ray, yeah. Botch past my day, Slavine. <laughs> She's fun. Uh, Jane Griffiths, who was Jack in some of the unit stuff in 12's run, but also does some big finish stuff. There's just a ton of guests. Like, just go to to Galley's website. There should be uh, Gallifrey1.com. Yep. There should be a link in there. You know, a bunch of writers. To, to highlight this, the Gallifrey1 has a number of guests whether they're stars or, uh, from the show, whether they're uh, writers from the show, costume designers, directors, uh, people from Big Finish, uh, the writers, vocal artists, stuff, stuff like that. There's a number of panels. Uh, there are meet and greets and photo ops for the celebrities. But in addition to all of that, all of the panels are either Doctor Who related, Doctor Who focused, but there's also... A large focus on on science and space because you know Doctor Who is heavy on sci-fi time travel uh, going through space. So you'll have some panels that revolve around like NASA projects or different things like that, and it's a lot of very cool information that's available uh, when you go to this convention. It's it's a lot of Doctor Who. If you love Doctor Who, it's amazing. But if you love Doctor Who, and science then that you have that as well yeah 
and occasionally, not all the time, occasionally there's even uh, people, Star Trek Voyager, the doctor, oh, okay. the doctor on Voyager, he's been at Gallifrey one also. So it, it we tran- we cross over to Star Trek and other things too. It yeah. is Doctor Who mm-hmm. focused, but there are a lot of science fiction undertones as well. Yeah. They just posted a couple just because they'll, they'll also add a lot of people um, who are part of the sci-fi scene who are like local to LA. So it's easier for them to get there. Friday this year, they said Rory Ross, Warren Prolux, Christine and Brad Gailey, G- Galley, um, their background artists on Star Wars shows, including Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which is cool. Sandra Gimple, who is from Star Trek as well, and Susanna Malark will also be there as well, who's also from Mandalorian. So, If anyone is local, because at traveling at this point probably isn't going to be the best. Also, getting a hotel for the convention probably isn't the yeah. best. As of right now, tickets are actually still available if you're interested. Uh, it's $125 for the full re- the full weekend. They don't sell individual days, but that does round to about $42 a day for the convention. Uh, that's for an adult. Teens are $75, 12 to 16. Uh, children are 35, 3 to 11. And if you have a little baby baby, then then they just they have a pass, basically. They yeah. just go through. Yeah, on their website, they do say the tickets will be available online until February 13th, which is basically like the Tuesday before the event starts off. But if they don't sell out, they said they're about 95% sold out at the moment. Um, if they don't sell out, they did say that they will be available at the door, but they're going to be about 15 bucks higher. So, you know, but it's a fun time. So highly recommend it if you're in the area. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the area, I highly recommend it. The people there are amazing. And I'm not just talking about convention people. I'm talking about because everyone is there for what reason. And we're all there for Doctor Who. We all love the show. So it's a very friendly environment. It's a lot different from other conventions because, yes, you might go to a convention and you'll wander around looking at things that you enjoy. But I guess you might feel a little lost in those places. But like at Gallifrey One, there's always a little sense of belonging because everyone is there for one specific united reason. And that's the show that we love. Yes. And so they get some really cool guests. Just, you know, take a look at the guest list. Like you said, it's really great because it's not just the actors. It's also directors, writers, costume designers, set people, puppeteer, puppeteers, you know, from all aspects of this show and its various spin-offs in whatever forms those take and it's great and i really love it so speaking of that um do you remember when your first galley was uh yes and no i remember getting the tickets to galley last minute because um when we first got into the show we didn't know about gallifrey one it was brought up to us and it was like you like Doctor Who and you don't know about this show? Like it was like some absorbed knowledge we should automatically obtain. Which I find is funny because most people feel like that way about Gallifrey One, which is why we're having this episode. So people who don't know, know about the show because we love the show. The the Gallifrey One show, also, also Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were able to get tickets. It was back when the show used to sell out all the time during the Matt Smith run. And I don't remember if there are any big guests there that time or not, but it was our first time we got the tickets last minute from a a trade-off. Someone was not able to go, so we bought their tickets from them. And we commuted the entire time, and it was both magical and miserable because we were commuting back and forth every night. (laughs) 
that is my first. But year. yeah, but we have been <laughs> coming to the show annually ever since. I don't even know what number show this is for me, but we've been there for has it been a, a decade? Yeah, Did, I think was I was my kid about born because he's almost he's going to be thirteen this year. I think I've been going to Gallifrey One for like at least a decade. Wow, yeah. I mean, because this is what, so probably, so technically it's been going on for 35 years, but this is the 34th one because we missed a show because of COVID. COVID, yeah. Which surprisingly was not 2020. (laughs) I feel like Galley in 2020 was like the last normal thing that happened in 2020. It was, it was a thing. We kind of got right in under the wire and probably people still get, did, you know, because it was probably more here than we realized at that point. But Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't do one in 2021 because of it was still kind of working itself out and all that fun stuff. But yeah, my first galley had to have been 2014 because um, I believe that was. Is, I'm going to double check myself on that because it was the year that Billy Piper came. Oh, this year. Yes. Well, <laughs> last time Billy Piper came. It was the last time, yeah, so, yeah, last time Billy Piper was at Galley was 2014, so that was my first Galley. Um, kind of not quite as bad of a commute as I as, as you guys had, possibly, um, but it happened to be my choice of a senior trip, um, which I graduated in 2012, so it was a bit later, but whatever. Because basically what happened was I wanted to go out to California for my senior trip because I wanted to go to Disneyland, but my mom wanted to go to Price is Right, and I had to be 18 to go to Price is Right. <laughs> so, and then when I found out about, about Gallifrey One, and I think they had probably just announced Billy as a guest, and I was like, oh, that's so cool kind of thing. I, I was like, hey, can we go th- these dates in February so that I can go to this convention? Because it sounds really cool. Um, but yeah, same thing. We were staying at the Farmer's Daughter Hotel, which is across the street from where they used to film prices right excuse me so somewhere over near like the farmer's market in the grove it's probably not like horrible but it was still like i had to get in the car to go over there yeah Um, and it was just it was so much fun like i i really enjoyed it and i was like you know i want to come back again next year um so i did i think the first two years that i went were the only years that i didn't somehow manage to get a reservation for the Marriott which is the hotel that they that they uh, have it in um because that first year like I said we were at the farmer's daughter which I don't think it's around anymore sadly and then the second year I wound up in the Hilton next door but then ever since I've somehow been lucky enough to manage a room at the Marriott for those of you who are thinking about going this year you cannot get a room at the Marriott anymore unless you want to pay really high prices (laughs) for a rack rate but they it's, and it's based on their it, availability. Too, yeah, right? it's yeah, it's it's kind of like for Dragon Con gets talked about too. It's the Hotel Hunger Games where you just have to be the fastest person to click on the link as soon as they post on Facebook. <laughs> Good luck to you. Yeah, but I think Galley pretty much sells out the hotel every year. I think there's something because it's an airport hotel, they have to have like a certain number of rooms for um, guests, flight like attendants, regular people, and pilots yeah. and stuff. And so it's always really funny watching like the people who are clearly not there for Galley come walk into the into the lobby and they're just like, what? <laughs> 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 Which is really fun. Yeah, but yeah, my first Galley was 2014. So yeah, this will be 
10 years of me going. So technically nine shows again because of the missed one because of COVID. So if that doesn't tell you how good this convention is, I don't know what will. <laughs> I'm coming back and spending money flying out from the East Coast every year to come to California in February. So if anyone is interested in going to this convention, whether it be this year or just in the future, my suggestion would be to uh, follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to Gallifrey One. Uh, they have a main page. And then for Twitter, it's a, a main page. For Gal for Facebook, there's a main page. And then there's an event page for uh, the convention each year. And they release that every time, uh, whenever they know when their dates are for the next convention. Reason being is because those are the main uh, contacts or main points of information that we know when tickets are going to be on sale, when the uh, hotel blocks are going to be dropped so they're on sale. I do love staying inside the the Marriott. I the Marriott is the perfect location to stay because the convention happens down in the ballroom floor, and uh, that's where all the all the panels, uh, everything happens. Everyone hangs out in the lobby. They have a lobby con, which is basically a 24 seven party, um, for Dr. Who people. There's a bar. <laughs> yeah. There's a bar. There's people bringing their own stuff, but th it, that's a little, like, I wouldn't say just bring like bottles of things. Cause they do regulate, they do watch. They don't want just people handing out drinks. Um, but it's basically still a 24 seven party in the lobby. Yeah. Um, but then after that, you could just, uh, instead of getting a ride or Uber or worry about what you're doing, you just go upstairs and knock out and then come down the next day and continue. Of course, then you have to, that, the, that the elevators don't break, but that's a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> there are hotels around the Marriott that people stay at. There's no shade or, or there's nothing wrong with that. I stayed at the one, which was a, beautiful hotel oh my god that was like so much better than the marriott the room like oh but but i would never stay there again just the because of my sheer like yeah and they have a little robot that comes to your room <laughs> and says like hi here's your stuff it doesn't say actually say that but you yeah. know what i mean but i like staying in the marriott basically for the simplicity of just being able to go upstairs come back down especially if you have a number of cosplays or a number of changes that you want to make during the show. If you're a huge cosplayer and like, I want to do 12 during the day and 11 during the evening and 13 at night, and then just do a Rory stag party for all the after party stuff. Like you could just, uh, just, you could just go upstairs and come downstairs and switch. So it is very convenient to stay in the Marriott. And then, too, if you spend more money than you should have in the dealer's room, you can go put your stuff upstairs so you don't have to carry it around all day. That's fair, too. That is very fair. Yes. <laughs> it's usually my <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it's yeah, fun. And I ask anybody who's been going to Galley for a couple of years, and they will tell you that they miss the old carpet. <laughs> yes. It was, I if you're familiar with Dragon Con... Dragon Con has iconic carpet. Gallifrey One used to have iconic carpet. And Dragon then they changed the carpet. Too. However. Oh, do you have a piece too? <laughs> however. <laughs> they did sell pieces of the carpet before they d trashed it. Yep. So this is what the carpet used to look like. It's yep. amazing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've got it. I bought a piece too. It's hanging on my wall above my uh, sewing desk. <laughs> I do need to frame that eventually. 
Uh, I remember like it was so funny too because it wasn't just like that we went one year and they changed it like literally the the last alley that they had before they were going to have to change the carpet Sean who is the guy who runs the con came out and he's like I do have some sad news they're gonna be renovating (laughs) (laughs) and the carpet will be going and everybody was like Oh my god that that was the year that someone stole part of the carpet. Was it that they did that? The yeah, when they made the announcement, Somebody. that was at they made the okay. So they made the announcement at the convention that between yeah. that convention and the next one, they were going to renovate and the carpet was going to be gone. It was going to be different. And then I like I forget how much it wasn't even like a couple days after the convention was over. You see this the CTT CTTV what I forget what you call it. The closed circuit t- television, CCTV, yeah. yes. You see footage of some person with a roll of freaking carpet because they chopped it up in some like random corner and then just like walked out. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, they identified the person. He was oh, banned from the convention. My word. He can't return to the hotel. I don't know who it was. I wouldn't name them anyway because that's just, but still, like, oh my oh, man. Good lord. Yeah, yep. that that was I, I think that was 2019, me. wasn't it? Or 2019, so, 2020. Yeah. It was like it right might, before COVID, been, I think. It might have been 2020. I can't remember. But then it was also it might have been 2019. I don't. I don't it might have been that. actually it might have been 2019 because I think 2020 was the year where they sold the carpet. Yes. For the the did the carpet squares that like like I yes. showed for charity. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, they weren't pocketing that money. The the selling no. the carpet. They actually no. did send it to charity. Yeah, that is one of the nice things about Galley that I should have mentioned when we were just talking about it. Um, but every year, because Galley is a not-for-profit, every year they choose a different charity to um, donate the money towards. They'll have they have like an auction. They did the thing with the carpet squares a few years ago. Depend, you know, they do a whole bunch of different stuff, raise money. This year it's the Trevor Project. Previous years it's been uh, the Children's Hospital of LA. I think the Food Bank. Uh, was one one year they they just they pick a different one every year i think the year that jody whitaker came it was a charity to do with down syndrome because that's a cause very near and dear to her heart last time lala ward came i believe some of the money went towards a retired actor's home that she's a chair or something of uh with you know actors who are older and have uh, care needs so they they do some really cool stuff in addition to putting on a really good show they raise money for very worthy causes every year but I do remember they announced that. And then like literally there were so many pictures of people laying down on what had to have been a very gross carpet by the end of that weekend. <laughs> taking selfies with the carpet, but like laying down on the carpet. And I was like, I'm sad about it too, but I'm not laying down on that thing. <laughs> After people have been walking on it all weekend. <laughs> For decades. For decades. Oh my word. Yeah. I know. And there's even people like who will like, I think Spoonflower, somebody put the design up on Spoonflower and people print fabric with it and like make costumes yes. out of it. They'll make dresses and so forth. And yes. that's a perfect segue into what I would like to showcase also is that, yes, this show is a doc- show about Doctor Who. It has a lot of panels. It's got a lot of guests. But the the main thing, and this is, has always been my my opinion about the show, is I don't care what guests are there. I don't care what panels are there. I really don't because what I'm there for first and foremost 
is the community. Mm-hmm. Like the the community, the people that show up. This is the one and only time a year that I get to see friends from like either other states or internationally. Like Liz, I get to see Liz. <laughs> well, you saw me twice this last year because I went. Yeah, to- but but that's that's again this year too. <laughs> but even still, it, it's a rare occasion. So yeah. like, it's one of the occasions where like you get to see your friends internationally. You get to meet your. Instagram buddies that also like Doctor Who or your TikTok friends and the I love the guests. I love the panels, but that's always just a bonus on top of why I'm already going is to see my friends and see the community that is so terrific and it's just an amazing time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. It, it, the cosplay at Galley is always really amazing too because I feel like you get really really niche doctor who costumes that you would not see at other conventions oh, yeah. if you wear some of these costumes at other conventions people aren't gonna have a clue who you're supposed to be nobody would know yeah nobody <laughs> would know so you could pull out some deep burns here that you couldn't do anywhere else and have it be appreciated and not just appreciate like oh but like fully appreciated like people yeah. would like go nuts over it if you pull out like the right deep burn that they're like oh my god oh crap you're this person from this thing that was there for like 20 seconds (laughs) i know like i've even seen people make like there was fully somebody like in a fursuit that was like one of the moth man creatures from like an early first doctor episode which is crazy (laughs) i think there were two of them i think there were two of the moths Like you get the costumes and like, like last year I made a Jedi Romana costume just because I thought it would be fun and I wanted to bring my lightsaber essentially. And crossovers are a big thing too. Yeah. If I wore that to literally other, any other convention, I would probably get called Barbie Jedi, which is fine. (laughs) I think that would be fun. (laughs) I might like slightly adjust that costume to make it a Barbie Jedi at some point. But like, I mean, though I do say that I did, I've, done a fourth doctor ray crossover basically because i knit the scarf and i was like i don't know what to do with this but then i was like oh i can wrap it like ray's wrap and i did wear that to new york comic-con one year and i did got a lot of compliments on it but like i feel like the fourth doctor scarf is like just that iconic that you can kind of throw it in anything and people are gonna be like doctor who so yeah so you've done the uh the romana jedi Uh, i have a friend stefan who's done a 10th doctor jedi uh there's a lot of crossover and creativity in it there are a number of cosplay meetups uh, so you would have like the standard ones, like 10th Doctor Meetup, uh, 13th Doctor, 12th Doctor Meetup. But you also have other meetups that are created working on crossovers or puns like the Motley Who Meetup, where it's a punk Doctor Who and people just freaking get their punk stuff up and like do all their patches and spikes and everything Doctor Who themed. And that level of creativity is another reason why I love the community and I'm there for the community yeah. as well as the guests. But like, I mean, again, even, like, like I, I wore my Missy cosplay to New York comic con one year and people were like, Oh, Mrs. Whatever. Mrs. Paddle groom, whatever the heck and weird children. Oh be. yeah. yeah. What it's oh, that's you. I'm like, no. <laughs> well, you usually get, you would usually get that or Mary, or Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah. Mary Poppins, and then somebody also asked me like some random character from like Monster High or something, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and like I wore one at my um, Horns of Nymon Romana to New York Comic Con this year, 
and I don't think a single person knew who I was supposed to be, <laughs> which was fine. <laughs> it's a very well, it's, normal looking costume. <laughs> also for companion cosplayers, because mm-hmm. I will admit, if you go to a regular convention and you're a, co- a companion cosplayer, there are times where you're not going to be recognized right away unless you're with your paired doctor or respective doctor. Whereas in this place, everyone's going to know exactly what you are. Exactly. Yes. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Just the cosplay is so much fun. Like I love seeing all like the, the monster builds that people do like the meeping angels. Oh yes. The meeping angels. Yes. So <laughs> Bunsen and Beaker from the Muppets. Yes. Just to explain this. So, you know, exactly what we're talking about. So Beaker who does me, 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 me. That's the meeping angel. It's a, basically a weeping angel, but with with Beaker's head. My other favorite too, and I don't know if they were a couple, if they were just there together, but like one was dressed as a weeping angel and the other was dressed as a silence. <laughs> and they were walking around together and I'm like, woo, nightmare fuel. <laughs> well, also that's part of a, that's kind of a memed too, because like, what would they do if they saw yeah. each other? That type of thing. Yeah. Like would the weeping angel forget? And would the would the uh, silence have to blink? Like, mm-hmm. what type of situation would that yeah. be? Yeah. Anyone who loves Doctor Who has probably at some point seen the little baby inside of a a Dalek stroller, that and that was from Gal- that was from Gallifrey One, probably about five years ago. I'm guessing. I don't even yeah. know if it was five. It might have been seven. They they don't do the masquerade like they used to. I could go, but like I used to love do the masquerade because you would see such cool cosplays and like such intricate work. Like I remember one year there was a lady who like I forget if it was knit or crocheted, but she knit or crocheted an entire Dalek costume. And it was so cool. <laughs> I was like so blown away. And then like one year somebody there's a big finish cover with a stained glass Dalek on it and somebody made a costume inspired by that which I thought was really cool there's just there's so many cool costumes that that people do at Galley. I'm gonna toot my own horn in this one (laughs) I spent a number of hours with a number of beers painting painting a dress for Monica there was one year we debuted a costume for her, which was a TARDIS dress inspired by Clara's TARDIS. I spent a number of time with reference photos, trying to recreate it the best I can and painted her address for, uh, in memory of, of Clara. This is the, the, yeah, the number, the, like, it's so creative, the cosplays. And like, if you want to go, you don't have to cosplay. Nobody's saying you have to cosplay, but like, you will very much appreciate the cosplays that are there because people get so creative and it is, so much fun to watch all those costumes go by do you have any like favorite memories from gallifrey one over the years i have a memory that is kind of a bittersweet memory because i still to this day this man had to have cheated john barrowman i know you cheated i know you had to have cheated so Catherine tate and john barrowman were at gallifrey one one year and there's, if you're familiar with ribbons at conventions, uh, Gallifrey One. Do I have any up here? I was gonna say no. That's have, I don't I, have any right in front I of got me. Ribbons for us. For yes. So if you're at Gallifrey One, we do have Temple of Geek Who review ribbons 
let us know and we'll give you a ribbon. We don't even need to trade. We'll just give you a ribbon. <laughs> but ribbons are a big thing at this convention. So people trade ribbons. They'll give ribbons away. Some people try to see how long they can make their badge in regards to putting their ribbons, attaching their ribbons to it. Other people save them. I save them. Anyway, Catherine Tate and John Barrowman were at both at a convention one year. And they had, basically, they were in competition with each other to see who can get the most ribbons. And John Barrowman, apparently he won by a landslide, which I don't understand how he can win by a landslide. And this is why. This is why I don't think John Barrowman was playing by the rules. Because when uh, Catherine Tate was doing her autographs and so forth, I got my autograph from her, had a nice little discussion, and gave her my tote of, at that time, was like five or six years of ribbons that I had kept over the years and said, you beat John Barrowman for me. Not that I have anything against John Barrowman, but I th thought it would just be funny for Catherine Tate to like just landslide him. And then he all somehow landslides Catherine Tate when she had five years advantage on him. I, I don't know. I don't know. Something's something's awry there. I don't buy it. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a very chaotic year. <laughs> <laughs> the stories um, in the that year too, because the the big guests will have their own panel and sometimes they just go off on their own tangents. You can't control those panels. Even if the moderator would like to, they're just going to say what they want to say. And when you have Catherine Tate and John Barrowman together at the same show, you're just going to, going to have a very interesting time. Michelle Gomez was an interesting guest too, that she was. <laughs> oh yeah. She was chaos. <laughs> the best way. Yeah, I, one of the ones that I always tell people about, because the, the nice thing about Galley is because it's not in a huge convention center. It's in the conference level of an airport hotel. Yes, there's a lot of people who go, but it feels very small because it is, you know, contained to a smaller space. And so you'll see the guests like walking around it. You know, they do ask, like, don't bother them. You know, you know, you can talk to them, but don't like ask them for pictures and autographs and stuff outside of the tables or whatever. And so you'll see them like in the lobby or in the elevators or whatever. <laughs> there was one time Stephen Moffat came as a guest, I think like the year after he was done with Doctor Who. And it was yes. absolutely glorious. His panel, like Galley, unfortunately, no longer allows uh, recordings of any of their panels. They used to allow you to post like short clips or whatever, but they did away with that for some reason. I'm not sure why, but I wish they did because Stephen Moffat, free from his responsibility as show owner of Doctor Who, getting to talk about Doctor Who was the most glorious thing I have ever seen. <laughs> because, you know, people can talk on the internet, whatever. But when you decide to go up to this person in real life and be like, all your women characters are the same, the fact that he was able to just speak his mind about that was glorious he was like how is missy like clara how is osgood like kate you know all these th it was it was absolutely glorious and then i also love somebody else then like later which i'm like you got some gumption i guess somebody else later came up and basically said something along the lines of like i didn't like how you wrote the first doctor in twice upon a time verity lambert would be disappointed in you and Stephen moffat was basically like i knew verity lambert and she would have thought it was hilarious so <laughs> but 
the, so that that panel was amazing. Like I was dying. I loved that. Like I had been, and I think that's kind of part of why Galley no longer accepts like live mic questions. Yeah, anymore. you have to write them in first now. But he handled it so well. It was absolutely hilarious, and I it was brilliant to get to watch. You know. But <laughs> later that weekend, I think it, it had to have been like Sunday because it was like really, really quiet first thing. I'm standing waiting for an elevator dressed in full Missy cosplay. <laughs> the door's open. And it's just Stephen Moffat standing there in the elevator. And he goes, hello, Missy. <laughs> it's like, hi. <laughs> and so I got to talk to Stephen Moffat on the elevator on the way down to the convention. So I basically yeah. got to tell him how much I loved the season 10 finale of World Enough and Time and The Doctor Falls. <laughs> and I told him, I'm like, I, re- I remember telling him how I was like so mad at myself for not recognizing John Sim sooner, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and it was just, it, it was so cool getting, getting to talk to him about that, you know, and I've seen people talk, you know, some of them will sometimes come and hang out in the lobby. I mean, again, you're not guaranteed any of this, but like, it's, it's just fun because it's, it's a smaller convention. So you see these people, cause a lot of them are also staring in, in the hotel too and so you might wind up in an elevator with them i remember the year that john hurt came um which i think was like the year before he passed unfortunately but i remember waiting for an elevator and out walked john hurt and then behind him was like ingrid oliver and a bunch of other like people who have been involved in the show just like with this look of like oh my gosh i was in an elevator with john hurt look on their face No, I've never, I've never had those experiences, but yeah. Monica and my, and my kids have my, my oldest and Monica. I don't think my youngest, I don't remember if my youngest ever had this, but Monica and my oldest were in the elevator with Tosin Cole, uh, who played Ryan with 13th doctor one year. And there was another year that they were in the, the elevator with the late, uh, Sir John Hurt. And th- yeah, you just, they just wander around and they got in those. And I don't remember if Monica was in the elevator or if it was my friends, Christina and, and some other people, but they were in the elevator with Sasha Juan uh, when he was there one year. And like, they got a whole selfie with him. Like, Oh my gosh. And like, yeah. you know, like he smelled so good. <laughs> Cause you know, not that you're being creepy, but like no, you're in an yeah. elevator. So if they're wearing something, you're going to notice. Mm-hmm. If I may, I do have actually that sparked other memories that I had. I actually did get to meet Stephen uh, Moffat in person. Not quite exactly how someone would like have a conversation with someone, but he was walking towards the bar. He was going to the lobby. He was walking towards the bar. It was at the end of the night. This guy looked spent. Like he had this face like nobody approached me. I do not. I'm done answering these questions. Don't don't talk to me. So I had walked up, up next to him. I, I looked at him. He looked at me and I said, I just want to thank you for all the work you've done. I greatly appreciate it. I would like to at least buy you a drink. He's like, okay. We walk up to the bar. I forgot what red wine, but he ordered the red wine. I bought him his drink. We shook hands. We parted our ways. I said, thank you. Know, I said, th- he said, thank you. I said, thank you. We parted our ways and I bought him a drink. <laughs> That's really cool. Actually, you got Stephen Moffat a drink. That's really cool. Oh no, the other, the the one other one was uh, I 
I wasn't like 13's run wasn't the best for me. And that's for me. Like I know Monica loved it. There are a lot of people where it hits. It just didn't hit for me. However, Chris Chibnall, that man though, when he was at Galley and he had his panels. And if you talk to him in person, this man is a treasure and I will go to war for this man. Mm-hmm. And I actually got a selfie with him too Aww. during the lobby. Cause he was just hanging out yeah. uh, not in the lobby. He was in the ballroom after the convention was done in the, in the ballroom. I don't know if this is too embarrassing for him or not. <laughs> not like triple fisting drinks. Like, because people were just buying him drinks. Like he had a drink in his hand, a drink in his hand and another drink like here. And I just started talking to him and I was like, you know, thank you for what you've done. Would yeah. you mind if I took a selfie with you? He's like, just give me a moment. Let me put some of these drinks down. So everyone just th- doesn't think I have a problem. And then we proceed to take a selfie. And this man was a pure delight. Like, even though his seasons didn't hit with me, like this man was a treasure. He was able to just like Moffat, just answer everything that anyone had. Everyone who's been to Gallifrey one and that heard this man talk is definitely on the team of Chibnall, even if the seasons didn't like resonate with them. And I'm sorry, go ahead with yours. I mean, yeah, because I I remember seeing his panel too. And, even though, like you said, it didn't really like exactly work for me, but like the way he was able to explain his intentions and what he was going for, I was like, oh yeah, I see that. And I really respect that. But so this isn't a story that happened to me. It's a story. So my mom has seen like a couple episodes of Doctor Who just because I like, I forced her to watch them or whatever. I still got to make her watch uh, The Giggle because she's a huge Neil Patrick Harris fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she flew out one year um, because I always go to Disneyland after Gallifrey one, just cause I'm out there and I might as well do that. Yeah. <laughs> might as well. Um, so she flew out and she was going to go to Disneyland with me <laughs> and it was the year, I forget what year it was, but it was like the year that Dr. Who was like airing as Gallifrey one was happening. And my mom had flown in and she went down to the bar to get some, <laughs> to get some dinner and she's sitting at the bar eating her dinner. <laughs> and this other guy comes up, to the bartender and he's like hey can you put on like the basketball game or whatever instead of whatever the show is and the bartender was like no because everybody else in this bar will kill me if i change the channel because <laughs> everybody is here to watch doctor who not a not a not a sports game <laughs> which i thought was hilarious i'm like that's so bad <laughs> that would be great if it was like one of the cast <laughs> <laughs> just a random dude i mean you know i don't know if she would have known who anybody is i mean there was one year too i went to um i've only ever been to long island who once just because even though it's like closer to me it's a bit more of a pain to get to because of like the driving involved <laughs> like you have to i have to get like my car has to either i have to drive through new york city which i'm not gonna do or i have to like put my car on a ferry and it's just oh. a huge pain yeah yeah <laughs> it's just a pain and so she went to long island too with me basically just so that neither one of us had to drive the entire time and she wound up like in an elevator with peter davison and one other doctor that was there that year and i'm like okay but she had no clue who they were she's like i think i think I, there was i was in an elevator with the doctor i'm like all right what did you look like and she I was like yeah that was peter davison <laughs> good job mom. what's I don't know what sparked this memory. This is a this is not anything related to me, but you're probably familiar with it. And anyone who's familiar with Doctor Who or has been on Instagram and seen memes and stuff is probably familiar with it. Also, there's 
a picture of David Tennant standing in, I want to say like a coffee shop. Yes. With a guy yeah. in the corner on his phone wearing a Doctor Who shirt. Yeah. And Georgia Tennant posted on her, her Instagram, I think, and said, he'll never know. Yeah. The funny thing is this individual attends Gallifrey One. Yes. And the reason he was on his phone so <laughs> intently not paying attention to anything else was because he was trying to get tickets for Gallifrey One because they had dropped that day. Yeah. And there are times when it sells, like, it didn't sell out this year, but there are times when it sells out. So he was intently trying to get his tickets for Gallifrey One with David Tennant standing right next to him, and he had no idea until he saw it on media later. Yes. And I think I, I because he's somebody who, I, and I, I apologize, I cannot remember his name either, but, like, he follows me on Instagram, and I had posted that to, like, my stories because I thought it was hilarious. And he's like, oh my god that's me <laughs> that's I'm, I'm the reason why he saw that <laughs> this is amazing but yeah and then the other thing too that's funny is i remember him saying i forget if this was to me or if this was like in the comments but basically he said he didn't really like clock them earlier either because they were being very like lovey to each other <laughs> which is adorable <laughs> Yeah, but. I mean, you don't stare at the affectionate people in public. That's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let them yeah. be affectionate. Give them their privacy, yeah. I guess. You yeah. Hope. I hit as long my mic. they're not being overly yeah. PDA. And, but good for, them. But, yeah. good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, I, I remember that happening. And that was like the most hilarious thing. And then I think David like has that shirt now too. Like somebody bought that for him. Probably Georgia, but. Probably. <laughs> she also posted a picture or a something in her stories the other day of one of their kids wearing a shirt with David's face on it. And she's like, no, we don't all wear merch with his face on it. <laughs> I don't think, I actually I haven't used um, media as much anymore, but I used to follow her. Not, I mean, granted, I, I follow a lot of people from Doctor Who, but she was one of the few people that I would enjoy seeing posts because she was just always hilarious. She was, she was so funny. funny. She's so funny. Yeah, I love following Georgia on social media. She's great. It's just Instagram now, but we won't go into why. Maybe don't yeah, that part in Marco. We don't need to stir that one. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Georgia's a lot of fun on on social media. I think she came to Galley one year, and I think David came with her, but like they stayed at a different hotel. I'm still waiting for Galley to get David Tennant. I'm like, he's got to come some one of these years. I'd actually been kind of I mean hoping that it was going to be this year because his run of Macbeth ends like four days before Galley starts. <laughs> I'm still waiting for C Capaldi to yes. show up at Galley. Yeah, Capaldi's been to a couple other Doctor Who conventions in the States. He was at one in Baltimore and I think, I want to say he was at Chicago Who as well at one year, but I know he was at least at one in Baltimore because I thought about going because it was him and Michelle Gomez that year, but I wound up not being able to swing it. He has always been within arm's reach of me, and I have never met him face to face. Like, like literally, like just right beyond my distance. Like, especially uh, there was a time when he was at San Diego Comic Con, and was right there. And he was saying like greetings, saying hi to people after the whatever it was at the House of Blues, I think it was. Yeah. And then, like right before he got to like the area where I was at, had to leave, and I'm like, uh. "No, you're right there." Yeah, I, I feel like because I feel like both David Tennant and Peter Capaldi would enjoy Gallifrey One just like as a fan themselves because they're both such huge Doctor Who fans. I feel like, I mean, I'm sure they've met most of the people already, but I feel like they themselves would be like, you know, because it's a 
big Doctor Who con with a bunch yeah. of people from Doctor Who there. <laughs> well, I do have to admit, out of, and this isn't shading any doctors at all either, but out of all the doctors, they do tend to seem to be like regularly working the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I know that that was kind of why I was kind of hoping maybe David would come because it would be so soon after he got done with the theater thing, but he probably wants to spend time with his family before he goes and films Good Omens season three or whatever the heck else it is he's got going on. Yeah, they're so. all kind of doing stuff now because, like you said, Tennant's doing that. Capaldi's doing, uh, what was that? that he just, uh, that Netflix show just went up. I think it was Apple TV. It was Apple TV. There was, yeah. it was some type of crime show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, Eccleson's doing the, the theater. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Jody's doing right now, to be honest, but I don't have her on. She doesn't really have socials, so right. I don't really know what she's doing. I am kind of excited to like see what doctors kind of like wind up in Star Wars and Marvel now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of them kind of already have because David Tennant was in Jessica Jones, and now that's canon MCU timeline since Echo came out. Chris Rockleston was in thor but i feel like they could put him in something else because he was so unrecognizable in thor the dark world yeah Isn't that great movie anyway and then same thing with matt smith where he was in as sony spider-man spider-man less tie-in movie i don't know what made me think of this just now so i have a tiktok idea but i don't like make tiktoks but if anyone's listening would like to use this idea i think it'd be great but gallifrey one has they have daleks just going mm-hmm. around uh, sometimes so you know the the i want something i want but they're like all like something uh, that that trend but, but is for like nobody knew that was from the credits of tangled i didn't know either i didn't know i don't remember the credits <laughs> but uh if like someone was standing next to a dalek and like they're they start off and then the dalek starts going like nuts and everyone runs away, and then it just starts like gliding off. Like that would, I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's another fun thing about Galley is that you will see life-sized Daleks rolling around. It's a lot yes. of fun. There's even been years I've seen um, somebody brought K nine one year, which was really oh. fun, and they took a picture with him. K nine Cybermen. And they usually have like backdrops that you can take pictures with in the hallways, or like it's the poolside area is also really beautiful to take pictures by. It's great. And again, there's tons of, of meetups. There's, uh, I think, last couple of years, there were TikTok meetups even, yes. where people who knew each other from TikTok uh, through the Doctor Who community got together around the pool and just made a bunch of Doctor Who TikToks to, one, hang out with their friends that they don't get to see regularly, and two, create just like fun content and memories together. And it's, again, this community is a wonderful thing. Really? Yeah, I know. Like, We'll talk about this in like a couple minutes, but like I'm going to be hosting a Romana slash Gallifrey the audio series uh, cosplay meetup, and I'm not going to lie about like 70% of my reasoning for that is I want to do a Hi Barbie TikTok with all the Romanas. <laughs> <laughs> hi Barbie, hi Barbie. <laughs> yeah, that's how my brain works. But yeah, I guess we could, you know look at the schedule for Gallifrey one this year they use sketch um which is an online thing um it's really nice because you can kind of check which things you're interested in and um it'll make a little schedule for you which is really nice and it also will update if there's any changes that weekend versus like they do have paper program books which are really nice and I like having those every year as a little like souvenir or whatever (laughs) because artwork's usually really really nice 
But yeah, so there's a lot going on at Gallifrey One this year, as there always is. Apparently, people are going to be meeting to exchange ribbons as early as Wednesday, February 14th at 730. Yeah, and I <laughs> think the you reason they... <laughs> yeah, well, I think the reason they've done that is because of a lot of people who come in from out of state or internationally get there mm-hmm. on Wednesday or get there early. Um, so it gives them something to do. Um, and then Thursday, there's also... Uh, they put it on the schedule, but they're still unofficial meetups. Like there's the In-N-Out Burger Run. Uh, <laughs> where everyone will go down to the In-N-Out Burger down the street at 5.15 in the uh, evening and just hang out. And then there's also a vegetarian dinner group who goes out separately from the In-N-Out one. Uh, but yeah, so Thursday night they'll have, Yeah, I think usually you can start picking up your badges sometime late afternoon, depending. But they'll have, you, you, you need to have your badge in order to go to like the ice cream social because that's usually in the ballroom before they set up all the chairs. Um, and then there's also karaoke. Yeah, they have a lot of autographs. Um, they have some of the meetups are on here too. Like there's people of color fan meetup. Yeah. There's a lot of representation that happens uh, at the show also. They have different the things like the Where to Go, the Star Trek. I think it was a Star Trek Away Team meetup for people yeah. who just like sci fi to come and hang out and like beam in. Yes. There's even an X-Files panel first thing Friday morning, which is fun. Yes. That's fun. And I'm not sure what this one is, but in the House of Mouse, I think that's going to be... Oh, that's your panel. That's one that's of your panels. On that. yes. let, let's let's take a minute to say what In the House of Mouse is about. I know. Well, for one, I'm really sad because it's the same time as the Ray Holman panel. Really upset about that. <laughs> but yeah, basically, you know, we're going to talk about... Um, uh, different, like how the Disney thing is kind of impacting it, what we'd like to see them do. I especially, I had actually pitched a panel that was just about talking about what Disney could do in the parks with Doctor Who, but I think that kind of got folded into this panel. <laughs> <laughs> I have ideas. I have ideas. Ivy, who is going to be moderating the panel, is going to have to reel me in because I will, I, I could talk for a while. <laughs> It might have to be a podcast episode in the future is talking about Disney parks and Doctor Who. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just like either just stuff that has happened in terms of like how they've been marketing the show or not really marketing the show. And just like things we might want to see them do. So that'll be fun. That's uh, Friday at 1 p.m. So if you're not at, going to the, uh, the oh, did they move it? Hold on. Uh, your panel is where to go? One PM, yeah. But at one point, the Ray Holman panel was at the same time. And now I'm not yeah, Ray it. Holman is at one fifteen, so it's still overlapping. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah Ray, Ray Holman behind the veil. He's going to talk about the costume behind the show with costume designing and so yeah. forth. And my uh, Twitter friend and New York Comic Con friend Amanda Ray Prescott is going to be moderating that panel, which is really cool. She she does mm-hmm. some really beautiful costume work, and she's also very much into. Uh, the historical side of, of um, Doctor Who, especially the, the historical episodes. Uh, she does a lot of stuff um, with like the PBS uh, period dramas as well, which is really, really cool. So I'm happy for her. She That's her first time she's going to be on the main stage at Galley. So congratulations. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so this I'm a another... little bummed that that's the same time as the panel that I'm on. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Come uh, on. There's going to be another highlighted uh, cosplay meetup is cosplay for the marginalized body. Like I said, a lot of representation happens at the show. And it's not just like for 
for like adults and teens, but there's also children's programming. There's a program at two o'clock for design your own sonic screwdriver where kids ages six to 12 get to come together in the children's program room and build their own sonic screwdriver. Uh, I'm not sure about out of what uh, <laughs> materials, but even still it's something that the kids uh, can do. It's there. The children aren't left out in the show. Yeah. They're, they and try I, to be as inclusive with everyone as they can. I, I love that they do stuff with, with the kids at a, uh at the con that they have their own kind of like little program track that they can do apart from i think one year it might have been one of the science things that the kids were doing that set off the fire alarm <laughs> that was fun everybody things happen outside. sometimes things happen yeah what i also think is fun is that in addition to just like the photos you can get with like one actor they also usually do like team up photo ops so like you can get a picture with Billy, Camille, and Sean. So you get a picture with the entire Tyler family, which I think is fun. Yeah, anytime you want to exchange ribbons, there's probably a ribbon exchange going on even either on the patio, which is like the area right outside the glass doors on the convention level, or if you go up, I think technically two floors, um, because it's the ground level, but not the lobby is where you can get out to the pool. There's usually meetups up there too. Like, but in all honesty, ribbon exchange will happen the whole time. Uh, if you just oh, ask yeah. someone, "Hey, is anyone, is anyone want to trade ribbons?" If you say it loud enough, you're gonna, you'll get people swarming yeah. to you. If you just like stand there with like, you know, a baggie of ribbons, out, yeah, <laughs> people will appear. People will appear. I do see on the schedule here, we've got the 15th Doctor and Ruby Sunday cosplay meetup hosted by Temple of Geek. So that's exciting. Hosted by Temple of Geek? Who's that? Hosted by Temple of Geek. Yeah, wow. At 3 p.m. Temple of Geek is hosting a meetup? <laughs> Where have I heard them before? It's Temple of Geek. Let's see if Temple of Geek.com is a thing. Maybe there maybe everyone go. should go to Temple of Geek.com right now and see if that's a thing. Yes, uh, Temple of Geek, uh, we are hosting a 15th Doctor and Ruby Sunday cosplay meetup uh, at 3 p.m. on, was it Friday? Mm-hmm. On Friday in the patio area, if I remember correctly. It says poolside. Poolside, in the pool area. But yeah, if uh, we're highlighting a number, uh, some of these things, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on at Gallifrey One. I suggest going to GallifreyOne.com. And going to their schedule, the schedule specifically is Gallifrey One Twenty Twenty Four dot Sched S C H E D dot com, mm-hmm. and it'll outline everything that's going on uh, at their show. They have a lot of stuff. We're just highlighting some of the things that stand out to us, but there are a lot of things in general that there's almost there's something for everyone basically. Yeah. Uh, they've got the Matthew Waterhouse interview at 3.45 on Friday. Like I said, even though I haven't always seen a ton of episodes or any episodes with these classic who actors, I like to go to those panels because they are so funny, <laughs> especially if you get Fraser Hines. And I love it, too, when they get Katie Manning in. She's hilarious, too, but I don't think she's coming this year. She's usually there every pretty frequently. I'm going to later on into the evening. You even have the Friday night karaoke at 9 p.m. 9.30 p.m. And karaoke on Saturday night. (laughs) It's karaoke all the time. I do love that they're doing a panel with Jacqueline King and Camille Kaduri called Mother's Day. (laughs) That sounds fun. Uh, Interviewing them together. Billy Piper interview, which is fun. And what's also nice about Gallifrey One is for like their big headliner guests that they expect everybody or most everybody who's there at the con they want to see, they will usually do two separate 
um, time slots for the interviews. Usually it'll be like Saturday night and Sunday morning, but depending on the guests, like Billy Piper, I see um, her interview is like uh, Friday evening. So that's, that's something there. Uh, on Saturday, I think it is, you have the Rachel Talley interview, which the, the amazing director of Doctor Who uh, returns again to Gallifrey One to talk about um, her time directing and episodes and so forth. And this one is moderated or, no, oh, no, it's another panelist, Dr. Heather M. Berberet. I probably said that incorrectly. But yeah, there's a number of things that occur yeah. at this convention. One of the other things, too, that I love about Gallifrey One that they do that I think is pretty unique. I forget which ones they're doing this year because they did tell, they did say I'd have to look through the schedule to find them. But one of the things that they'll do is they'll do live episode commentaries with the guests. So they'll have like, you know, directors, writers, actors who were part of an episode. They'll play the episode and then they'll do live commentary to that episode. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really cool. My favorite was Rachel the first year that Rachel Talley came. Um, they were talking about, was it Rachel or was it somebody else? I forget, but whoever it was that directed into the Dalek, they were talking about how, because of how it was filmed, like Peter was running around a lot and he kept like almost running into the camera and he said, and he, apparently at one point he was like, and there's an effing camera in the way, but like the full explanation. So yeah, there, there's, there's just a ton going on. It, like we could be here literally all day. There's one a other... golf fans meetup. I just noticed. I didn't know about that one. <laughs> I, I will say, I will uh, shout out one more thing that I'm a part of at Gallifrey one this year is I am. It's, I talked about it just a little bit earlier, but there is going to be a Romana and uh, the Gallifrey audios uh, cosplayers meetup. That is going to be Saturday at 1 p.m. That is going to be on the patio outside. So like I said, if you just if you're on the convention level and you just go out those last doors, we're going to be out there. Monica said she's going to come take pictures for me. So that's very exciting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if you're going to be wearing a Romana cosplay or cosplaying anybody from the Gallifrey series or if you just have Gallifrey in robes. Come on out. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, there's a ton, you know. There's 10 a.m. Friday There's morning of... until whenever, you know. Yeah, and, everything and... lasts until about like 7, 7.30. Then there's some night programming, whether it be like karaoke. There's some comedy shows. There's a dance party on Saturday, things like that. Even when all that stuff dies down, everyone's in the lobby just hanging out, mm -hmm. talking. Uh, drinks are usually a thing, but you, they're not required, obviously. It's just there's a bar up there, so people tend to oh. like hang out and drink and either play cards against humanity or trade um, trade uh, ribbons or just catch up. Yeah. It's a big community. I love this convention. Mm -hmm. The only other thing that I'm a little sad about is, um, so one of the other unique things that Gallifrey One does, and I haven't done any of these until this year, but they, for um, an extra price, they do uh, script readings with some of the, the guests that come um, and I'm doing the Alex Kingston one this year, which I was very excited about. And I'm still very excited about, except it's at the same time as the big finish panel. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a bit of a bummer. So hopefully people on Twitter will keep me updated or I can look at Twitter later for that. So, but yeah, there's just a ton going on. Look through, you will find something for everybody at this con. And if so you can't again, make it this year, follow them on social media so you can find out about next year they usually announce the theme 
uh, for the next year at the end of at, at the closing ceremonies um, for the con, which is usually Sunday around, I want to say like 5 or 6 p.m. There's part of me that I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be Dreamhouse themed next year. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think would so be yeah, one dot com. You're going to find all their information. Uh, you'll want to follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's those are mainly the only social medias they have. I believe there is a Gallifrey One Instagram, but if I remember correctly, that one is fan run, uh, not organization run. They run and they allow it the fan to run it, but it's not officially part of them. So one dot com, and then follow their Facebook. Those are. And their their Twitter. Those are the most important ones to go to. And they'll they'll always have all their information on their website. It's just that yes. a lot their of updates times, are are more instant on Twitter yes. and Facebook. Correct. Yeah. The other thing too is especially for stuff like the um, like tickets going on sale or um, the hotel block going up, they don't put that information on the website, or at least they don't put those links on their website because the website crashes <laughs> because. Thousands of Doctor Who fans are all trying to get in at the same time, and it causes issues. <laughs> anyway, thank you for <laughs> being yeah. here with us. Yeah. Uh, our rant about, not rant, yeah. but uh, thank you for being here with us for our Gallifrey One special. That's just how much we love Gallifrey One. <laughs> we, yeah, and again, like we are fans of the show. That's why we have this podcast. Thank you for joining us. You can follow us on our social medias. TempleofGeek.com is our primary source of information. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter, at Temple of Geek. I don't uh, whatever YouTube, uh, whatever else is available. I, I'm forgetting things because there are just so many now. But yes, thank you for thank you for being here. Follow us on our socials, TempleofGeek.com, Temple of Geek Everything. Again, I'm Nate, a.k.a. Doc in the Box, and Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lady of Time Cosplay. Thank you for joining, and I hope you guys will be here next time. Bye!